Hey everyone, welcome to this week's rendition of the Fifth Quarter Podcast, MRIs and MROs, uh, brought to you as always by Podcast Central. Footy's back, along with the MCG Fight Club, riding off flag fancies and terrible decision making by the AFL. I'm the West West Coast Wake Up Call Brent, and I'm here with the emotionally despondent Essendonian Ben. Hi. And from out of friggin' nowhere, Frio fan Nathan. G'day guys, what a week! And before we get too far into it, let's have a look at our own terrible decision-making this week. Uh, round one was an absolutely terrible weekend for tipsters. Uh, Nathan and Ben took the honours with five apiece. And we have guys who joined us, Just Summer, Raj and Justin Nails, split second place with four. And uh, myself and Jobbo bringing in the tail with three tips each. Uh, if you haven't joined yet, guys, don't worry, because it's, it's clearly not too late to join. We've done really well so far. Just simply visit tipping.fifthquarterpodcast.com to register and get your tips in for this week. So with the first week of footy done and dusted, before we dig into the upcoming round, let's take a look at some of the biggest talking points from this week. And obviously the biggest one on the field was the Bombers-Giants game, in which we essentially saw the Giants run a two-hour training drill. Thoughts? (sighs) That pretty much sums up my thought. Yeah, it pretty much sums up my I, thoughts as well. Yeah, it was just... I Like, the first quarter, I, I was watching it and going, they, they are not here to play football. I don't know what they're here for, because Sydney doesn't have a night life, so I don't know what they're doing. Um, I, I, yeah, it was just terrible. It was just terrible. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> they, were, uh, they were so bad that they didn't even lose by the biggest margin, but are still at the bottom of the ladder. Yeah, that, that's... <laughs> so between Tim Taranto and Steve Canelio, their two midfielders, they pretty much almost outscored the Bombers' entire outfit. That, that is how terrible they were. Yeah, I think that's a wake-up call for round one. You're if they wrong. don't respond against St Kilda, that's when alarm bells go. Yeah. For me, round that one... That wasn't just a wake-up call. That was a slap in the face wake-up call. It was a big wake-up call, that but was... in saying that, round one against the team who's probably touted to finish top four, Essendon were just <laughs> disgraceful. Diabolical. It was, um, it was a terrible game for them, but in saying that, it's round one. I'm not going to write them off completely when there's 20... What twenty one games left no, to play? No, I mean yeah. I mean they still could go twenty one and one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a that, long shot. If, if that, like that should be their worst loss this season. Oh, if they lose, hope so. if they lose like that again, they're yeah. in trouble. Yeah, and it sort of um, makes what Devin Smith said about their home ground being a graveyard. It's sort of Essendon just kind of went there to pay their respects to Jeff. They went there to die. Yeah, they basically <laughs> just put them six foot under. Yeah, so it was the round of upsets. In round one, we didn't have to wait until halfway through the year to really throw our tips out. And we'll start with probably not the biggest upset of the round, but one of the most impressive ones in just the way they went about it in the Port Adelaide victory over Melbourne. Oh, yeah. And I know a lot's been spoken about how they shut down Max Gorn, who's the most dominant ruckman in the competition. His last two games have sort of gone gone the same way, matched up against Scott Lysett, and now in this case, Paddy Ryder as well. And... Jack Watts playing against his old team off, off half back played one of the best games I've seen him play. Yeah. The, the, now the poor Adelaide looked like a team that wanted to play. Oh yeah, yeah. They they were out there for blood. And I mean, twenty minutes into the game, we just looked like Melbourne were just 
going to go on their merry way and eventually blow the game open and the whole thing turned around and it was, yeah, that was downhill from there. Yeah. That was really impressive. And they kind of, the way that they targeted Max Gorn reminded me of Hawthorne where they were just ruthless. They didn't, they didn't care. They went out there to make mates. They were going out there and, and just knocking him over. Jonas just belted him one on the wing. And, and to their credit, it worked. And I know it's been spoken about a lot in the media, but when you saw Zach Butters and some of the young boys laughing at yeah. Max Gorn, that's, that'd be pretty hard to swallow. So yeah. I, know, I know everyone's... We're not at this point yet, but it is Geelong Melbourne this week. And everyone seems to have written off Melbourne because they were, I don't know, not that great. But, oh boy, just like Essendon, they have something to, but, to pay back. And you've got to remember, Melbourne didn't start very well last year either. Hmm. They, they, had a couple, they had a few hiccups, especially at the start. But, you know, they got their act together. And I think what stunned them a lot was their midfield. They're not a very hard-running like, outside team. So you look at the names in their midfield and there's Brayshaw, Jones, Viney, Harms. Oliver, and they're all collectively inside beasts. And I wouldn't say that they're weak on the outside, but it's not their biggest strength. And when when your Ruckman gives you first choice, obviously you look far you look far better. And Gorn was seemed like he wasn't having an impact at all in that game. So they were playing, they were trying to play catch up the whole game. Yeah, and it's just the way they more the way they won rather than the shock of shock of winning because Melbourne are. You know, they are prone to the, the occasional bad game. Yeah. And just quickly, how... So, Travis Boak was fantastic as always. Yeah. But how good was it to have Rocky back? Rockcliffe with 44 touches. <laughs> yeah, finally justifying the selection. <laughs> he's, he's justifying For the first round. My dream Again, I'm, I will yeah. keep harping on about this until he actually does... He proves me wrong. Consistency is key. He's had a great first round. He's Spe- got to back that up week in, week out. Speaking of um, backing it up, Hawthorne did a lot of that oh, against wow. Adelaide. Yeah. Oh, a team, wow. Adelaide are a team known for, you know, they don't really have a plan B. It's bomb it inside 50 and hope Josh Jenkins and Eddie Betts can get back and get the ball. But the rate that they just continually bombed it in into the 50 straight to Hawthorne players was terrible to watch. Well, bomb it into the 50. Oh, that didn't work. Let's bomb it into the 50. Yeah. Oh, that didn't work. Just, All right, let's bomb it into the 50. I can't believe when you look at Hawthorne's back six, right? So they got Sean Burgoyne, who's a, a veteran, an amazing 50. player, but a veteran. <laughs> yeah. They got Mira, Hardwick, MP, Stratton, and Frawley. And Adelaide only kicked 55 points. Yeah. They were so bad going inside 50. People are talking about James Sicily being the All-Australian <laughs> centre-half back. I mean, it's one game in and they weren't great, but... The fact that they couldn't respond to what Alistair Clarkson was doing. He knew exactly what he wanted to do going into the game. Hawthorne executed it and Don Pike and Adelaide looked like they had absolutely no answer other than, well, this is all we know what to do is bomb it inside 50. So that concerns me for... They didn't even seem to try to come up with a plan B. They were just like, if this doesn't work, it's high risk, high reward. If it doesn't work, then we're going to lose. Yeah, and that's that's very concerning for... Team hoping to, you know, well, I had them playing in the grand final. <laughs> yeah, so did I had them right up there. Well, because all of a sudden, like every other team's going to go, well, if you're going to keep playing like that, we know exactly how to beat you. Guess we're going to beat you, you know? And how, how good would Jager and, and the Warpedo? They were, they were brilliant. So, 
good on them for covering the void that is Tom Mitchell, a massive void. But they went about Coming it. up against that midfield oh, as well. Exactly. Crouch Brothers, Sloan. They did give away a lot of fantasy points if anyone's playing at home. So, I mean, if you come up against Hawthorne, you might score some good points if you go the opposition midfield. But they weren't damaging enough. They didn't really put any scoreboard pressure on Hawthorne as you talked about them bombing inside 50. Which is surprising. Considering like we, The fact that... like So last year, we're like most people were like, oh, okay... Adelaide missed the finals, but they'll get all of their midfield back, and you know they'll be a wrecking, they'll be a wrecking force once again. They had their midfield back. Mm-hmm. Oh, they did. And yeah. they did what? Yeah, yeah and the starting formation seemed to be something that would work in their favour because they just put Josh Jenkins in the goal square, win the ball out of the middle, bang it in straight to him. And yeah. the exact opposite ended up happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Tearing new ones. We have Freo and North Melbourne. Oh, boy, do we. Um, not so much. I guess not so much an upset because this was a game where I think we were split on tips and it was sort of one of those games you saw could have gone either way. But North put in about as much effort as, as Essendon did. And Freo, the Freo that came to play is a Freo I don't think we've seen ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it no. just, just goes, goes to show that we have not seen the last of Ross Lyon. Well, yeah, he's transformed uh, in a I way think, that we yeah, probably didn't after, expect him to. This is one of those things that after one round, and all of a sudden Ross Lyon's coaching is just it's very, very uh, safe. It's like no one's actually going to worry about it. Unless, you know, it goes does a 180 and goes back to what it used yeah, to be. Yeah, well, the big concern for Freo was not so much their effort in games Although last year, it's their, their gap between their best and worst was very bad, but it was rare to see Frio not put in the effort, and it was more about them executing. And we saw in the JLT, they were attempting to do the same thing as they did to North Melbourne, but their execution was terrible. And then you watch the game against North Melbourne, and there's just passages of play that are beautiful. Yeah, it was. And that, that's probably one of the things that worried me going into the game was I looked at Frio's midfield, They've got some depth there, but one of the players that people didn't really talk about from the weekend, there's there's a lot of talk about McCarthy because he was brilliant. Uh, Fife, Walters, Rory Lobb really stood up, but Darcy Tucker was an absolute gun, mm. and he's playing a role that I don't think he's going to get much credit for until it starts being more noticeable, but he's, he's going to be tagging players and take him out of the game, but he'll also go forward and kick a couple, and that's what I like about Darcy. He's his... He reminds me of, I guess, nowhere near it, but Cameron Ling, where he'd take someone out of a game, but then he'd attack and, yeah. he'd, and he'd contribute in that way. So um, Bailey Scott, someone that I, I didn't expect to play as well as he did, I guess. Yeah. Um, he played a really good game and, and well done to him. Probably one of the only real North Melbourne players that stood up. If they hadn't kicked seven goals straight, they would have been looking at 100 points. Mm. They're kicking in front of goal, kept them... It wasn't even respectable at 82 points, but it kept them from being North have been, humiliated. North have, have been good at that, uh, especially like especially last year, that they do tend to, well, at least nine times out of ten, they managed to, to be relatively accurate in front of goal. Yeah, I was really impressed with uh, Alex Pierce's jog on. Oh, he was great. Big boy Brown as yeah. well. Well, he gave, a, gave away a couple of goals, but it's ultimately meaningless in a, when you win by 14 goals, or it's two. So it, it, it kind of goes with the... Um, the SNGWS game was like Frio gelled really, really well, and they click. They seemed to finally click after the preseason. 
but how much of that was North Melbourne allowing that to mm. occur? Um, and I liked one of the things we spoke about the other week was a question about what was the culture like at Frio. And one of the things that I, I actually enjoyed most about that game, besides the scoreboard, but every time someone kicked a goal, so when Schultz kicked his first goal, when Rory Lobb kicked his first goal, even when people weren't kicking their first goal for the club and they were just scoring, yeah. the entire team was getting around them. Mm. And so you see that with some of the some of the teams that you just know that they really enjoy playing with each other. Yeah. And once they're all jumping in on each other and laughing and having a good time and throwing their arms around each other, you know there's a chemistry. Whereas I guess in recent years it hasn't really been like that. It's kind of kick a goal and, okay, yeah, big yeah. whoop, let's go back to the centre. Whereas it, this, it didn't seem to be as robotic. It was more free-flowing, yeah. everyone was enjoying themselves. Yeah. Uh, so we're introducing a new segment this week. Uh, we just want to bring you our heroes and villains from you know the weeks gone by. And I'm just going to go around the table and get your guys' heroes and villains first. So Nathan, who's your hero? So my hero for this week is Tommy Rockcliffe. Uh, he's gone to Port Adelaide, hadn't really played any standout games like he used to at Brizzy. This week he got 44 touches, 166 Dream Team points. Fortunately, I had him in my team thinking that he might do something and he did more than I expected um, so that's why he's my hero because he gave me 166 points and top scored for the league um, my villain is Charlie Kerno. so uh, it's more of a letdown than a villain but I feel like when I think of Carlton I think Charlie Kerno and Paddy Cripps and for me those two players just I mean ooze what Carlton is all meant to be about and what they're looking to be and Paddy Cripps stepped up and, and gave it everything and looked the gun that everyone knows him to be. Charlie, on the other hand, was dropping chess marks, wasn't chasing in the forward line, or didn't seem to be chasing as hard as he could when everyone knows he's a gun with his hands. And and I just didn't see it to be the Charlie Charlie Kerno that I thought uh, I was going to see round one. Um, granted, you have a bad game, but for me it was just a bit of a letdown because I just was so excited to watch Carlton with those two and just see what had happened over the off-season. So for my hero, um, might need to strap the uh, equipment down to the table for this one. My hero is Cam McCarthy, uh, Nathan Fabrio. Yes. Um, oh, hold it, hold it. There we go. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, it's, he got... He had Not only did he have five goals to his name, he got 20 disposals, seven of them contested, uh, at 70% disposal efficiency. Um, he is the forward that were crying out for and it's surprising considering uh, a few weeks ago I was saying that you know and we kind of agreed that he's more of a, a, a better uh, third tall than an actual key forward like one of your top two key forwards so he really just shut me up in that regard um, and for me my villain well, my villains are the 22 players that attempted to play football over at uh, Spotless Stadium over the weekend. Uh, we don't need to say much more than that, other than... Did they get off the bus? Potentially. I mean, I saw them run onto oh. the ground. Maybe they just, after that, they went back on the bus. I thought it was a know? construction site, because there was just witches' hats everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's like roadworks. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh. Yeah, so, yeah, we're about to elevate. Sorry, Ben. We're about to... Um, hey, uh, the table's rising for you, and it's just—it's shrinking. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll raise the table even even more. Uh, my hero was Frio for yes. the um, 
just the reasons we discussed before. They just brought a style of play to that game that we haven't seen from Frio possibly ever. Mm -hmm. I didn't think Ross Lyon had it in him, to be honest. And just the way they had North Melbourne covered everywhere. They're North on a team that sort of roll over like they did against Frio, but... Are you right, Nathan? Do you need a towel? Yeah, sorry, guys. I'm just uh, trying not to get so excited. It's the only round I'm going to get this excited all year, I reckon. Oh, so, mate. I, I got to embrace it. If happens next week, then well, well, I'm going to need another house. Just... <laughs> That's all right. We'll, um, we'll calm you down. My villain for the week is the uh, match review officer, Michael Christian. Oh. So I think he's everyone Nathan, this week. Nathan did warn us. Yeah. Before, I mean, before the show that human. don't get him started. <laughs> but... We listened all preseason to the big man himself, Gil McLaughlin, say we're going to outlaw punching. They've been, well, I mean, they've been saying it for years. Yeah. Players don't like it. Fans don't like it. And we've seen you know, very, very recently what can happen when it goes horribly wrong. And then we see three hits off the ball, 30 to 40 metres off the ball, and not a single suspension. There's $2,000 fine. Two thousand dollar fine, two thousand yeah. dollar fine, and then a fifteen hundred dollar fine. It seems for a to be punch. don't punt. You don't punch as long as it's within play. If it's out of play, hey, go nuts, have a boxing match while you're at it. You know, <laughs> yeah. just have, and, it, it, and the fines themselves are mediocre at best. Because and I I, I made mention of this last week that the base salary, like the salary of a rookie player, is like two hundred thousand dollars. So these players are getting fined what, two thousand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to hurt their pocket. That's going to dis- disincentivize them to to not you know do that again. Well, and the thing is, the three guys that did it have been in the league so long now that 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 money even like yeah. even for rookies it doesn't mean a lot. But that money for them, who cares? It just it basically means oh, instead of getting three grams, you get two. Yeah, and just the way they well, Michael Christian explained the impact. Saying it was oh, low impact joke, and for it to be graded medium, you have to come off the ground or suffer broken ribs. And yeah, they summed it up perfectly on the couch. With there's four four gradings of low, medium, high, and severe. So if medium is broken ribs or a concussion, I'm yeah genuinely concerned what high and severe well, are. Severe, you'd have to send them to GWS's home ground and just <laughs> bury them. Yeah, like the graveyard's going to be full. I th- yeah, you would like. I, I think you would have swinging. to literally decapitate them. Oh, it's, it's just a like, joke. Hung, hang, draw, and quarter them. That's severe. Like, like round one. Like, if the AFL could just be humble enough to come out and say we got it wrong, and we got to fix this because otherwise we're just condemn, like, we're just allowing anyone to just go out and throw a punch at someone. Um, like particularly the Cunnington one. Like you see it in the footage, closed fist. Yeah, I mean. It, it gets him enough to drop Wilson mm. and Wilson's laying there 30, 40 metres off the ball. That game was well and truly over. But yeah. just imagine that's what one of Frio's key defenders mm-hmm. goes down north going to attack and kick a goal because he's just been punched off play. Yep. Then, what, $2,000? That's worth every cent. Yep. If you're in a grand final, just start punching. Yep. Just win the game and cop the $44,000. Yeah. Yeah, so more stupidity out of the weekend and... From the fans this time, we saw multiple yeah. incidents. There was a fight at the MCG, the Collingwood Geelong game. Yeah, a guy pouring his beer over the the Fox Sports or the Fox Footy commentators. But you know, arguably the worst one was 
the uh, the keyboard warriors on Facebook are yeah. at it again, and this time they're targeting a young guy and Liam Ryan who hasn't taken it very well. And I think it's really admirable what not just his club, but the guy where they identified as a Richmond member, Richmond have banned him. Yeah, and it's just the footy communities come together because I think enough's enough, right? Oh well, and Chance Bateman spoke really well about it. I think the way he addressed it was a way that no one can come out and argue it. I know in the past Adam Goods has tried to make a stand on this kind of stuff, and I don't think nothing against him, but I don't think he approached it in a way that was as well and eloquently said as Chance Bateman, where Chance Bateman just kind of shut it down. He said, "This is why it hurts." And this is why we want it to stop. He wasn't just saying stop it. He's just saying, look, this is why it hurts. Yeah. And it's it's a real shame. And, and in the same pretty much 24 hours on even more of a global stage, I don't know if any, anyone out there knows of Raheem Sterling, but he's a player for the English soccer team, plays for Manchester City. And earlier in the season, he got racially taunted at Chelsea, which is a huge club. And so they had to kind of suspend people from the games. And it just happened over the weekend again where he was getting called things where he actually responded to the crowd um, in one of the games after he kicked a goal. But it's really sad to see that it's still happening everywhere. It's not even just in in footy and at footy grounds around Australia. It's around the world. And you'd think that here we're better than that, but I don't know. It's just so unnecessary. Yeah, you you mentioned Chance Bateman's really good explanation of why it hurts, but I love Lewis Jetta's sort of... Uh, statement he brief statement he gave <laughs> yeah. the media it was it's 2019 people need to grow up yeah yeah it, it's it's not even creative insults like if you're nah. gonna if you're gonna insult someone get creative and think of something original I do wonder if it's a little bit of that um, just sheep mentality like they but it's like um, they but that sheep mentality where they think that they can get away with it because like it's almost like anonymous sheep mentality, especially so like in the in the English soccer uh, in the English Premier League. Yeah, it's probably thinking of like, well, these guys are around, like there's this guy person doing it, and then this person does it, and then, mm-hmm. like so I might as I can throw my two cent, I'll throw my two cents into there because you know it's all it's just the crowd doing it. They can't catch all of us, kind of thing. No, yeah. it's the same as the people booing Adam Goods. I don't even yeah. think people knew why they were booing. Him. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, they booed him last week. I was They're just jumping exactly. board. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Stupid. Um, and then the, the cable warriors is just it, it's the thing of uh, again it's I think that's that's people not realize like would would the people who say it on the internet actually say it not a chance nah. so why on earth like the, why do it I would hazard a guess is that they do it because there's that separation there and, and again it's that thing of they can't you know the, you know they don't really know who it is that I, they don't know that it's me that's doing it they just think it, it's just this random dude that's doing it, or random girl that's doing it so i'll just i'll just put it in there and it doesn't really affect me at all and i'm not going to get cop any flack from it so let's just do it and again that's like oh, well that person did it and that person do it i'll throw in a little comment in there as well and i think we're finally starting to get to the point where the individuals who do that are actually going to be caught out as, as the individuals they are and are going to get repercussions from it. So I'd like to think that it's going to, you know, this is going to stem the tide a little bit, that you won't see it as often now. But at the same time, 
if a couple of people do it, then all of a sudden a couple more will do it, and a couple more will do it, and a couple more will do it, and you still have the same problem. And the thing is now, like, you look at you look at the comments section on social media, right? And sometimes you see someone that throws out an insult or like a yeah. they're mocking something that's been posted, and it's funny, and and you like it, and yeah. people jump on board. No one finds these comments funny. But yeah, there's a difference between, yeah, between being able to do it, do something comedically. Not now, it's probably never a time where this can be considered comedic no nah, I sort of like read in this, it in this, in, the, in this sort of context it's not really that comedic no like you slightest. read it and there's no just like, there's no humour like no, no one actually how was it anything other than just deliberately being racist exactly yeah, yeah. and then the, I mean the guy apologised and then says you know I didn't realise it was this offensive and he so, mustn't have been following footy for yeah. did you not read your own comment because I'm pretty sure the Collingwood supporter one was massively televised and broadcast yeah. to the whole country it, do people f- forget how empathy works yeah because that seems like it's, put yourself in the other person's shoes like if you're I don't even think you need to do that do you I'm just like think for two seconds <laughs> before you type it well, no, but that, the, the, even like but that's what I mean it's like okay you personally, for some reason, might think that that's funny to you. But if it's not funny to anyone else, is it actually funny? That's exactly Probably it. not. Yeah. And I don't know. No, I, I can't imagine hanging out with someone with that kind of no. sense of humour because no. this just wouldn't be fun. And no, no they would be racist. So uh, let's move on to uh, round two, shall we? Oh, yeah. Um, yes. Hopefully see some stuff. better behaviour this week. But we start off with an absolute cracker tomorrow night. I mean, we should be di- diving for pearls. It's that kind of a pearler. It's, it's <laughs> so we've got last year's, I guess, prelim rematch, which no one no one saw the result of that coming. Mm-hmm. And with uh, Rance going down with that ACL um, in the third quarter of yeah. round, uh, the Carlton game. And now Bashahuli out with a hamstring injury. We've actually seen the odds. They're both going at $1.90. So there's no... Yeah. Are they really? Yeah. yeah. It is wow, okay. tight. That's, that's good. And I mean, this was a game that when I was tipping, you could have picked either way. You know, just sort of lean towards Richmond just... Because, because, because yeah, also one bad. Yeah, and I mean, one bad game yeah. doesn't mean Collingwood all of a sudden have the wood over Richmond. Who you look, you sort of look at the list, and yeah. they they do seem to have more talent everywhere. But like Richmond would have got hurt from that prelim, so they'll be wanting to ha- get something back off of Collingwood. Yeah, as we mentioned before as well, losing the general of your defense and a guy you sort of have run your your whole game plan through. Yeah, opens the door a bit further a bit more for Collingwood than it may or may not have been yeah. um, so Basher Hull is out Rance is out with the, the ACL and Noah Bolt has been omitted and then you just look at Collingwood and they've brought in they've brought in the big gun to stop the big gun yeah he kept in Levi Greenwood kept uh, Martin to six kicks in the prelim I think it was yeah and he did a good job on did a good job on Luke Shuey in the qualifying final and they switched him to Elliot Yo. and mm-hmm. yeah one of those teams where one hurts and the other one doesn't, and you'd, mm. you'd think the same would happen. Trent Cochran will just yeah yeah do what he does anyway. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, it's a hard one for me. I was semi confident on <laughs> Richmond, but with Rance going down, it sort of goes to more, more towards Collingwood. But 
I'm going to back the Tigers. Just because. Yeah, yeah that's it. I, uh, for me... And I mean, they've Rance, won the last five or six, yeah. aside from the prelim. Rance and Hooley are... are like, Rance is a huge out. Hooley is a, a decent out as well. Yeah, he tends one. to be, you know, your other go-to in, in defence to sort of break those the, to break the lines, whether it be through running or, or kicking, the, kicking the ball. So, with that, I... Richmond have the firepower, but I don't know if they'll be able to match it with Collingwood's firepower now that they don't that two of their best defenders are out. So just on that, I'm going to tip Collingwood, but it's going to be like by less than a kick. It's, yeah. like, it's, it's tight. I've got a feeling that... I think I've got Richmond as my tip right now, but I've got a feeling that 10 minutes before the game starts tomorrow tonight... Um, yeah, 10 minutes before the game starts tonight I'm just going to flip a coin and heads Collingwood tails Richard <laughs> and try watch, my yeah. fate see where it takes with me with a margin of a point you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, another game that's hard for me now it wasn't a week ago mm-hmm. uh, Sydney and Adelaide in Sydney oh, yeah. um, I, I had Adelaide relatively comfortably but I mean after Last week, it's, you know, one game, it's hard to throw up a red flag, but just for a team that should be challenging for a premiership to not have, as we mentioned before, not have a plan B, there's alarm bells. And if Sydney can do the same thing, especially on a very, very small ground, I have no faith in Adelaide at all. No, Uh, I am actually tipping the Swans on this one. Um, I don't think... They will play like they did against the Bulldogs. I think they will play a much better brand of football, especially at the end at the SCG. My faith in Adelaide has wavered. Yeah, and with they have with uh, uh, our our day out. Um, <laughs> Zippity do day. Yeah, yeah. What I found um, aside from that very interesting about that was they lost. Jake Lever went to Melbourne, did his ACL. And then Duday, older Duda Day, basically stepped up as his replacement and has done his ACL. Yeah. So I yeah. thought that was... That was really unlucky. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would be tipping the Swans. Um, at that ground, you really have that, got to have that grunt in the midfield. Oh, yeah. Um, and as much as Adelaide's plan of kicking it into the fifth, just bombing it into the 50 might work, well, I mean, At such a small ground, I don't think it's going to work against the Swans in their defence. I mean, they might get away with it, the G, because they just kick it too far by accident and get goals out of it. But <laughs> that's never know. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I just the Swans' defence at the SCG. I mean, they know they know how to play that. So for me, it's the Swans. I'm going to give Adelaide one more chance, and if they're if they're not if they if they show exactly what they did against Hawthorne against Sydney, then I mean, round three against Geelong. I'm all in Geelong, so um, Adelaide maybe for me, just just on the back of. I mean, even if they win, if they're just doing the same thing over and over again. I'm not confident because it's like what Ben said before is just we're all in on this one thing. Hopefully they win or lose. Hopefully yeah. they've learnt from that because Hawthorne does play the loose man pretty well. Uh, we move to Essendon St Kilda, which is probably slightly more interesting than it was a week ago as well. Yeah, I unfortunately. You can see the Bombers bouncing back. 
Just like they did last year when they, you know, there were a few games into the season before yeah. everything was falling oh, apart and being right. questioned. Okay, forgot about that. Um, well, and I mean, it's you say it's only St Kilda, but these are the sort of games where you do want to you do want to bounce back because you can use the excuse that oh we travelled to play a top four team, but what's the excuse when you're playing yeah, a no, club that you think was only going to win two games anyway? It's, it's, Season over if they lose to St Kilda. Yeah. St Kilda only beat Gold Coast, who's deemed the worst team in the comp by a point. So, <laughs> yep. so I think you have to beat St Kilda. Unanimous, we're going Essendon. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I think we're going to be unanimous. Unanimous this next one, Port Adelaide, Carlton. I think, mm. and out Adelaide. Yeah. Oh yeah. Port easy. Yeah. The what they showed against Melbourne, they, they I mean they should back it up, and it's against Carlton at Adelaide Oval. Carlton will, again will probably put up a bit of a fight. But should be it's Port Adelaide should uh, yeah. get the job. Carlton just don't have the class. Yeah, exactly. Which is their their problem for the next year or two. You'd think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Port Adelaide, yeah. easy. Yeah, we got um, Geelong and Melbourne at Alphabet Stadium. This is a oh, a tough one, and it was a tough one even Four. before. before. Yeah. And it's you know Geelong were impressive against Collingwood, and Melbourne were the the opposite <laughs> against Port Adelaide. <laughs> so. It's one of those tough ones where you wonder if, if Reece Stanley, who's not a physical ruckman, suddenly gets physical on Max Gorn. Is that... Yeah. Is, is Max Gorn going to be able to play out of... Well, Stephen May's back. Yeah. Yep. So yes. that helps them with Tommy Hawkins. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that cancels it out, but... Oh. Well, if, if Rowan and... Well, not so much Rowan, but if Dowhouse plays like he did last week, mm. and... Uh, I mean, Radical Air didn't really set the world on fire last week, but he barely lit a match. No. <laughs> but, I mean, he's got talent. He, he does. He's so, I mean, they need, they need more than just Stephen May to shut down Hawkins. They'll need all of their defence going up against that, that, uh, that, that forward line. I'm going Melbourne, boys. I'm, I'm leaning towards Melbourne because of the result and how critical it is that they win. Yeah. Well, I'm actually. I know I'm gonna. I am actually tipping Geelong. Yeah, you were you were up on Geelong after the JLT, weren't you? Yeah. Well, I always I always like to take Alphabet Stadium into account. As That's well. a hard one. Yeah. But I mean, we saw the 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 grip on I mean, that is loosening a bit. I would not, but not by yeah. much. I would not be surprised if this, in the slightest if Melbourne win. I'm putting oh, like, for if, sure. if this yeah. isn't like this is more like a 60-40 tip for me, but. It's the same as the Bulldog Sydney tip. There's something in me that says I think Geelong are going to win this. West Coast GWS is an interesting one, oh, simply man. because of yeah, for the same reason how good GWS were and how how bad West Coast were. I mean, West Coast can also use the excuse that they played in oppressive Queensland weather and they had six players play had less than 15 games under their belt. And they've got Josh Kennedy back, who is Plan A. And it is important to remember that they were undefeated when both he and Darling played mm-hmm. yeah. last year. And, you know, personally, obviously, I want West Coast to win, but I can't see them, well, willingly anyway, dishing up the sort of effort they dished up against Brisbane. No, I think that they'll definitely bounce back. Um, and at home, they're, they're a different team anyway. Yeah, oh, definitely. With, as, yeah, and as, as much as uh, Willie Rioli is now out, with a foot injury, definitely, indefinitely, which is going to suck. Uh, with Kennedy back, that I mean, they were missing him for the for those three quarters where they really couldn't kick a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where they needed Josh Kennedy. 
So with him back in the squad, um, at at home, you kind of have to go West Coast. It, again, tight, but West Coast. Yeah, I'm leaning West Coast. Just. Just. Do you reckon, just, yeah. do you reckon Adam Simpson will put Elliot Yeo on Toby Green again? Oof. I don't know. Toby didn't do do much in, in the Essendon game, considering how much they had the ball down there. So, I don't know. Elliot's so he, he had so much value going forward. So I don't I don't. Yeah, it's sort of like robbing robbing Peter to pay Paul. But yeah. he's yeah. he's done the job before because Toby Green's obviously a pretty unique player, and Elliot Yeo's mm-hmm. got the attributes to. Well, we've seen him play every position bar the ruck. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be a ripper game. Yeah. Another rip. Well, hopefully, <laughs> ripper game. North Melbourne and Brisbane. It's the same case of one team was really good and one team was really poor. Yeah. Uh, this was a hard game to tip last uh, two weeks ago as well because we thought both of these teams would be about the same. And Brisbane are one of those teams that sh- um, I think Robbo got Jared to say they're sexy. Yeah, he did. Yeah, they are. They are a very attractive team to watch, and we saw that last year as well. And that's why. They've only won five games, but you loved watching them play every game. Yeah. Whereas North are one of those, you know, gritty teams that won't let themselves be beaten, and it's. Except but now, but now you question what North, what North is going to show up, and is that the North? Is this the norm for the rest of the year, or are we going to see both of these teams at their best? I would be hard pressed to say that that's going to be the norm for the rest of the year. Having said that, I don't see them beating Brisbane this week. I think Brisbane have really set themselves up after that uh, victory against West Coast. I think that's their benchmark. Yeah. And they're going to try and... like Chris Fagan would have been like, okay, you just did that. There's no reason we can't do that for the next 21 weeks. Yeah, I have have Brizzy as well. I'm going Brisbane. Yeah, Brizzy's far too excitable and they'll be really enthusiastic after that. They'll believe in themselves and have confidence. So, I and mean, as much as North have to win after that effort, pff, I mean... And it's very similar. Brisbane's style is very similar to what Freo played mm-hmm. in round one. And North had nothing, nothing to answer. So, if, if it's the same again, then you'd expect a similar result. So, we've got Hawthorne, Western Bulldogs at the MCG, which to me is... A, a large determining factor in, in the winner. Uh, the Bulldogs are... Well, I mean, they won a flag, so they're good at the G, but I think they're a lot better at Marvel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hawthorne are almost, at times, unstoppable at the MCG. Yeah. Um, you don't want to write the Bulldogs off too early, but I've got Hawthorne. No, I've, I've got Hawthorne here as well. Uh, I think it's the similar sort of thing of uh, Port Adelaide and Carlton. I mean, not to the extent of Carlton, but Hawthorne is probably going to be a class above Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Clarkson is going to have a plan. He, we've said this many times already in this podcast. Um, yeah, you can't, you can't. It's sort of hard to go past Hawthorne in this game. Yeah, if Hawthorne can shut down the firepower of the Crows, I can see him shutting down the scoring power of the Dogs. Yeah. Yeah, and Sunday Arvo, we've got Gold Coast and Freo, and I've actually changed my tip, boys. I had Freo by ten goals. I think I have to make it twenty goals. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the margin game? No, no, I just, just uh, when I did my ladder predictor, I put in 16. Oh. <laughs> I think I'll have to change it to 100 plus yeah. after <laughs> after last week. Uh, Cam McCarthy, pick eight. <laughs> yeah. 
as a Frio supporter, it's one of those games we'll probably lose. But I'm, oh, I'm, there goes the table I'm, again. I'm backing us. No, nah, no, nah, I'm just I'm backing us. We, we, if we if we don't win that, then yeah. I mean, if you don't, round one was all for nothing. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think we go Frio across yeah. the board. Yeah, Frio. Okay, so we're just going to bring you a quick uh, update on Fantasy Watch. So kind of players that you might not have thought about from the last week. You probably did because it gets talked about through all sorts of uh, media. Um, but Toby Nankervis, anyone out there who needs a Ruckman, jump on that. He's got 115 points. Nick Newman for Carlton um, was a gun with 115. Darcy Tucker, I spoke about. He's a cheap option in your midfield. Sam Walsh and Bailey Scott. So the good thing about these guys is, well, they've got 87 and 97 so good scores for really, really cheap players, and they got a break even that they're going to bust through this week. So if you want to make some money this week, get on Sam Walsh and Bailey Scott. There's a few others. I think Will Drew's one to make a few bucks on. So if you're out there to try and make some money so you can spend it on upgrading your mids or, or to to more elite midfielders or players across the board, get on some of those guys. they got a really low break even. So that's the fantasy tip of the week. Cool. So as always, we like to leave you with closing questions. We all had Richmond winning the flag, yeah, or being thereabouts. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we obviously, we I think all three of us had Adelaide in calculations as well. Yeah. So if we go off this week alone, Rance is out, and if we think Richmond can't win without him, and if Adelaide are as unconvincing as they were last week, who do you think is going to be in flag contention without those two? So before the season started, I was on the Giants train. So Still yeah, on I was going to say train. Giants as well. I'm, uh, yeah, um, with yeah, if if Richmond and Adelaide are going to do what they've done last week, uh, well, I mean Richmond in terms of injuries, Adelaide in terms of being Adelaide, um, then yeah, I mean it's hard to go past the Giants. I mean yeah, West Coast should should be up there. Collingwood should still be up there. Um, pending injuries, uh, but the Giants should definitely be up there as well. Um, and you could probably even make a smoky for Port Adelaide. Well, we had they keep playing the way they played. Yeah, Gold Coast at a thousand to one. Put a dollar on that, didn't you say? Yeah, duh, for sure. Even a couple. Hot tip of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Want to lose a dollar? Yeah. <laughs> Back Gold Coast. Oh, you never know. They might. They hey, they could do what I want Essendon to do and go on like a 15, 16 game winning streak. You never know. Stranger things have happened. Frio kicked over 100 points. <laughs> oh, no. Brent, who's yours? Uh, well, I want to keep the uh, the, the West, West Coast, Coast train rolling. So oh, yeah, back to back. The West Coast supporter in me says back to back. I think I tipped Adelaide to win. So if, we, if we're robbing them out just based off one round, which is what you do. Yeah. Uh, if Collingwood... If Collingwood can win this week, as we discussed before, if, if they lose this week, it's pretty much all over statistically. I think... If you talk to David King... Yeah, I think it's the Pies. And, I mean, I'd love to see the Giants there, but they're unconvincing at the G. So I'd have to, unfortunately, back the Pies. Okay. All right, I've got one. It's... um. What for you guys... If you had to predict one shock of the week for the upcoming round, what is it? Whether it's a result, whether it's like a player does something. Well, Another four ACLs. Okay, so yeah, we already have three. Three of the week just gone. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, that would be an abs- That would be a nightmare. Ju- uh, more, more punches, and more <laughs> of the same fines. 
Uh, if they don't, that's a shock. That uh, yeah, that would be a shock because if uh, if they have if they if they, Michael Christian, uh, doesn't kind of go, oh, I may have done a bit of a mistake here. Yeah. And there's just like there's just behind the ball punches across the board in every game. You just see Barry. You see Barry Hall running onto Marvel and just knocking yeah, people out. If 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 something doesn't <laughs> change, this is the precedent. And I know you didn't yeah. want to get into it, but yeah, like, yeah, like they ha- he has to kind of go. Oh, made a mistake in that first round. Sorry, lads. I'm gonna have to start actually suspending a couple of you guys now, yeah. just to try and disincentivize what I what I have created. Yeah, like that would be a shocker if that if that if that kept occurring in this round, and the same and the same result occurred. That would be shocking to me. That's a, that's a tough one. I've got a few. I'm going to go with Reece Stanley and Asada Radagalia totally blanketing Max Gorn out of the game. Oh, yeah. And Geelong just obviously taking the advantage and steamrolling Melbourne. For me, oh, gee, I've asked the question. I don't even have an answer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, Charlie Kerno coming back, kicking five, and Carlton getting over Port Adelaide. And, Adelaide Oval. Yeah, that, yeah, that's true. So yeah. maybe not five. Kick a bag. and. Yeah. Then, they beat Port. Well, actually, another shock would be Suns getting over Frio by 10 goals. <laughs> <laughs> 10 yeah. goals or a goal? <laughs> well, 10 goals would be more shocking than a goal. That's... Mine's a bit of a, like, just more of a lighthearted one, as it tends to be. Uh, we So everyone knows who our favourite teams are, who we, all, who we all support. What's the team that we least like to see win? Lighthearted, you say? <laughs> Uh, North Melbourne. I don't, I don't even know why. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. I just, it hit me a couple of years back when they were 9 and 0. I think they were 9 and 0. Yeah, 9 and 11 They just, they played Hawthorne and Hawthorne won. And I said, I think this is the first time I've ever been happy that Hawthorne won a game. So that sort of tipped the scales. And, but, Oh, there's many teams I don't like seeing win, but North Melbourne is that team. I just... Ugh. So it's actually weird because I'm exactly the same. I don't know why. Um, I'm not sure if it's Brad Scott. And a few years ago, I know he kept coming out with excuses about they were playing into the sun at Eddie Had yeah, Stadium. Or or the, it was raining because the yeah. roof was open and he forgot that the other team had to play in the same conditions. I think those things kind of annoyed me, but... Um, yeah, it seems to be North. It used to, obviously growing up, it was West Coast just because you go to school and you cop it from all your mates. Yeah, if they win or yeah, you give it back if you win, which wasn't often. But um, <laughs> but I kind of found myself in the grand final last year. I didn't actually care. Like it, it. I didn't sit there and think, oh, I can't stand it if West Coast win or if Collingwood win. It didn't bother me. If North was there, I know I would have been going for the opposition. Yeah, right. and I don't know why. Huh. The only time I don't like to see Collingwood win is in a grand final. Um, and I'm pretty sure everyone outside of Collingwood would agree with me. Um, but for me, I, again, I'm Essendon, so it's Hawthorne. It has to be Hawthorne. So the years between 2013 and 2015 were some dark, dark, dark So it was bad oh, for they, all of us. They were dark days for everyone. Because yeah. well, both of us lost a flag to Hawthorne and you just had to watch them win three. We, I had to watch them win three and at the same time watch my team go through that whole drug saga. It was it, The fact that I'm still alive is surprising to me. Um, is it because you were on it as well? 
No, I got offered. That was the problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Any other questions? Well, you asked a couple of weeks ago, who would you want to kick a goal to save your life? Yep. <laughs> who, would you, last, who would you want to take a contested grab to save? Oh, I thought you were going to say, who would you not want? If it was gonna... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To take a contested, contested grab, grab for your life. Oh, oh man! I can't say Leo Barry. <laughs> oh, that has to have to be playing now, right? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just go, go current players. Um, ooh, I, I think mine's pretty obvious. Uh, Kennedy. Oh, McGovern. Yeah, yeah is that the other end? <laughs> yeah, McGovern. Yeah. Um, that's actually a really good answer. It's not even because I'm trying to be biased, but I think it'd be Fife because I feel like every time he goes up in a pack, he doesn't he doesn't slip him. If he gets his hands on it, he doesn't actually drop it. So, yeah, um, he's, yeah. and he's and he's massive as well, so that helps. <laughs> I would probably have to go. <laughs> I'll go Selwood, Joel Selwood, Jim, because if he doesn't mark it, he'll get a free kick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fair head high contact. You, you can't lose. You can't, yeah, exactly. What, what about, about uh, the, the new All Australian centre half back, James Sicily? Oh, cheapers. Oh, I mean, yeah, after last week, he can't, he, he can't not can't mark anything, can he? Yeah. Um, right, so I don't actually have an answer for this, but that's what I was thinking before. If, if someone's lining up for goal, yeah. if they kick it, you die. If they miss, you live. Who would you pick to take a shot? Jeremy McGovern. How far out are we? Uh, we'll go 40 out directly in front. Jeremy McGovern. Joey Danaher. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty good call. Joe Danaher is a pretty good call. Yeah. Um, oh, who's a, sho- who's a shocker? Jeremy McGovern is a shocker. Yeah, but Jeremy McGovern will kick a floater and it will still somehow go through. <laughs> <laughs> he, he came from the Sumich school of kicking for goal. Yeah, Joe Danaher is probably right up there. Yeah. Well, it has to be a drop punt, though, right? Yep. Yeah. So Joe, Joe Danaher. Danaher. <laughs> yeah. If it's out of bounds on the full, you're, yeah, you're a millionaire. Yeah. Joe like, Danaher. If it was 55-60, then I would probably give him the, the benefit Off of the Off one out, step. 30, 40 metres out. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's unfortunate. We're unanimous across the board. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's actually Joe one Danaher. of my... Like, I really like watching him play as well. It's just that's the one thing that... It, that Hampers him at the moment is the fact that he can't kick. Yeah, which is his role in the team. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's got it. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to tonight's episode or today's episode. As we use our crystal ball and look into round two, and hopefully I um, drag myself off the canvas and catch up to these guys. Uh, just a reminder: we did really well in the tipping competition, so it's not too late to join because there's plenty of time to catch up. Oh, yeah. But enjoy, enjoy round two. We've got an absolute cracker to start off, Richmond Collingwood, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. There's-